As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. A growth mindset, Mark, is actually a term that's been popularized by the Stanford psychologist, Carol Dweck, and she distinguishes between a growth mindset and a fixed mindset. People with a growth mindset are flexible, they're willing to learn, they adopt a beginner's mindset, they're not as afraid of what people think. Or they're, and they're not afraid of failing. Welcome to the Repurpose Your Career podcast, brought to you by Career Pivot. This podcast is where those of us in the second half of life come together to discuss how to repurpose our careers for the 21st century. Come listen to career experts give you proven strategies, listen to people like you tell their stories on how they repurpose their careers, and finally, get your questions answered. Your host, Mark Miller, has made six career pivots over the last 30 years. He understands this is not about jumping out of the frying pan into a fire, but rather to create a plan where you make clear, actionable steps or pivots to a better future career. Are you ready to repurpose your career? Welcome to episode 181 of the Repurpose Your Career podcast. My name is Mark Miller, and I'll be your host every Monday for a discussion on what it's like to repurpose your career. For the last couple of months, I've been focusing the podcast on episodes on COVID-19, pandemic, and the economic impact, and how to deal with the stress and simply staying sane. Now we're moving into the post COVID-19 world, and I'm kind of making a shift. So last week, I interviewed Wendy Mayhew, author of Wiser, The Definitive Guide to Starting a Business After the Age of 50. Next week, I interview Tammy Guler loeb an executive and career coach to discuss networking in the post-COVID-19 world, because that's where we're moving into. This week, I interview Wendy Marks. Let me read you Wendy's bio. Wendy Marks is a marketing and branding authority sought after for her ability to turn virtually unknown people into brands of distinction. As a founder and president of the Thriving at 50 Plus, her proprietary coaching program is designed to help baby boomers discover their point of differentiation, then rebrand and retool themselves while finding more purpose and meaning in life towards a more rewarding second act. Drawing on Wendy's over 30 years of experience in marketing and journalism, 
public relations, and counseling. Her programs provide a unique mix of marketing and PR savvy, blended with a psychological wisdom. She will take you from a stage of uncertainty to assuredness, confidence, and success. She is the author of Thriving 50 Plus, The Seven Principles to Reinvent and Rebrand Yourself. However, before we get to the episode, let's have a word from our sponsor, Career Pivot. The Career Pivot membership community continues to help the approximately 50 members who are participating in this project grow and thrive. This is a community where everyone is there to help everyone else out. This is a group of like-minded souls where half are over 60 and a third are over 65 who are working to figure out what they want to do in the second half of life and then making it happen. I've priced this to be very affordable for anyone. Do not let financial considerations in getting in the way. I'm recruiting new members to the next cohort. If you are interested in learning more about the endeavor, please go to careerpivot.com slash community. Now on to my interview with Wendy. I hope you enjoy this episode. Welcome to the Repurpose Your Career podcast. I have the real joy of having Wendy Marks on the podcast, who wrote the book Thriving at 50 Plus, the Seven Principles to Reinvent and Rebrand Yourself. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much, Mark. I'm really excited to be talking with you today. Well, I picked up your book. Well, you sent me a copy of the book a month or so ago, and I I'm usually fairly skeptical of people who write books like this, but I I liked it. So good job. Oh, well, I'm thrilled. Thank you. Mark. Well, I like books that are simple and actionable. Number one, what got you to write this book? I have actually, Mark, wanted to write a book for years. Actually, not on this topic. For a number of years, I ran a PR company and a few times tried to write a book on PR. And just serendipitously, a professor at Georgetown University who I had met online reached out to me. He runs a book writing program, and he asked me if I knew any recent graduates who wanted to be part of his program. I didn't know any, but I asked him if he would accept a, quote, mature student. And before I knew it, I was part of his book writing program. And I was probably three times the age of most of the people in the program. But the good thing about the program was that it put me in touch with an earlier love of mine, personal branding and reinvention for a number of years I had written a column on personal branding for Fast Company, and in fact, in my PR business over the years, we had branded many of the executives that we worked with. We didn't call it that. We called it thought leadership, but in a sense, it was a subset of personal branding. And... I have always been fascinated with the topic, probably because I've rebranded and reinvented myself multiple times. I know from my own experience, as well as working with a number of executives over the years, the power that comes from rebranding and reinvention. It truly is transforming. 
a lot of it is being able to simply knowing what your story is and being able to tell it. You have seven principles. I want to cover the first five, which we won't cover personal branding, because I think the, the, the first five are really important. And the first one is having a growth mindset. So why is that? Imp- what is it and why is it important? A growth mindset, Mark, is actually a term that's been popularized by the Stanford psychologist, Carol Dweck. And she distinguishes between a growth mindset and a fixed mindset. People with a growth mindset are flexible. They're willing to learn. They adopt a beginner's mindset. They're not as afraid of what people think, or they're, and they're not afraid of failing. Uh, may I share a little story with you about sure, this? Sure, go ahead. A few years ago, I attended a high school reunion. And you may have had this experience, and I'm sure a lot of your listeners have had it. When you go to the high school reunion, you're a little bit shocked because suddenly the star of the class is doing all right, but isn't running a company or a country. And the person who always got in trouble, the kind of the class clown, is now a distinguished physician and academic. And somebody you barely remember has written a fantastic book. And what I found in my research distinguishes these people from the ones that are just doing so-so is that they have this growth mindset. They're not resting on their laurels. They're not afraid of making mistakes. They simply go forward and go after what uh, means something to them. Yeah, it's I, it's rather interesting. I went back to my 45th high school reunion this last fall, and uh-huh. I've barely ever been back. I grew up in New Jersey, and I've barely been back in 45 years. So it was a, um, yes, I know exactly what you're talking about. So the second principle is being uncomfortable. So what do you mean by that? If you're going to make a change, You're going to look at reinventing yourself. You have to step out of your comfort zone. Otherwise, you're not going to move forward. As I know you've reinvented yourself a lot of times, as have I, you have to start doing things that you haven't done before. You also have to start thinking of yourself a little differently. And all of that can make your hands sweat a little bit. You can start feeling anxious, but you need to push through that or you won't get to the other side. Yeah, one thing I've found is uh, even though I've felt uncomfortable, I've always kind of made the move. And it's that ability to say, okay, I'm going to do this anyway. (laughs) Even though... Ooh, this is uncomfortable. That's exactly the case because it is a it isn't a feeling that feels good, but you have to know that if you accept that, it will start feeling better. You just have to go through that stage, that awkward stage. Okay, the third principle is willingness to learn. Tell me about that. 
I especially love this principle because it all has to do with curiosity. And when I think about this principle, I like to think of a professional athlete. And a professional athlete is always tweaking how he performs. I like to think of a tennis player because that's my my sport, or I try to be my try to do sport. And a professional athlete will continually tweak his game, figure out how can he serve better, how can he have more angle shots. He's never satisfied. He he or she always wants to improve. And then I look in this case at myself, and I have to admit I don't apply this principle to my tennis game. I go out there and unfortunately I make the same mistakes. I'm out there to have fun, to get a little exercise, and I don't think strategically about my game or figure out what I've done wrong and correct it, which means that I'm playing the same way all the time. And if you do that with a career or your life, you're never going to move forward. You're going to be locked in place. And that's why this willingness to learn is so essential. Yeah. Right now, I'm working on a blog post right now on industry disruption, which we know the COVID-19 is just is disrupting so many industries. And you're going to have to, you're going to have to spend some time and expand your horizons. I was just on a webinar with a bunch of aviators. The aviation industry is being destroyed and it's not coming back for three to five years. And so what do you do when you're a mid-career pilot and you've been laid off? And it's it's finding transferable skills and never stop learning. Exactly. And unfortunately, that's the case with a number of industries. Somebody was mentioning, speaking to me the other day about financial services. And so much of that industry is is getting automated. Plus with COVID-19, it's unfortunately being changed and people in that industry, as well as many others, will have to change. Well, it's my claim that with COVID-19, it is exposing vulnerabilities in so many industries, supply chains, our government institutions, our taxing authorities, uh, our leadership. Uh, It's just exposing vulnerabilities all over the place. And we're all going to have to adapt and most likely for many will have to rebrand and shift. Exactly. So the next one is near and dear to my heart, which is finding your purpose. What, what do you mean by that? And then how do you do that? Finding your purpose is all about finding. It's not, what you want to do. It's what you almost have to do because it's your passion. It's what animates your life and makes your soul tick. And a lot of people, when they're thinking of a career, they think about, okay, where are the jobs? Instead of thinking about as well, what 
really excites me and is going to be something that I want to do and I truly crave doing. And as far as how do you find your purpose, it's not something that is handed to you on a silver platter. You don't ask the gods to give you your purpose. It comes from truly assessing and looking inward and discovering what in the past, for example, may have given you joy. Going back over your career and thinking about what at times really got you excited, you couldn't wait to do it. And that will help you find your purpose. And once you find your purpose, that makes all the difference in the world. It's kind of like the dam, dam's breaking. You can move forward and you suddenly have all this extra momentum and energy. But what if I don't know what my purpose is? And I, I claim for a lot of us, when we started our careers, we became actors. We played roles. I personally turned myself into something I was not. Uh, I, I quote, I became an extrovert. I became a geek that could speak. <laughs> but that's not who I am. But I got paid a lot of money for it. And I agree with you, the fact that going back and looking at your career and when have you been the happiest, do you find that people can do that on their own or do they need help? Oftentimes, people need a career coach. And in fact, I've, uh, in my latest uh, reinvention, have expanded my PR services to include coaching services for people, especially 50 and over, that want to reinvent and rebrand. It is difficult to do that on your own because we're all locked into a certain image of ourselves and it's hard to really assess what's going to give us that joy. But with an agile coach, you can really look inside yourself and find it. One of the people actually that I interviewed in my book, uh, was very down and out and depressed. And she herself went to a career coach. And the career coach asked her, what gave her joy in life? And this woman just sort of looked at the coach and wondered what she was talking about. She was so depressed, she could barely get out of bed. Nothing gave her joy. But the coach asked her to think about it. And in doing so, she realized that what she truly loved was to dance. Now, she hadn't thought about dancing in years, but through the coach's help, that came up. The coach gave her an assignment to book a dance lesson, and she did that. She ended up winning some dance competitions. It didn't become her career. It was a vocation or an avocation. But it opened her up so that she could then find further find her purpose. So that sometimes what gives you joy is not necessarily going to be your end purpose, but it's going to 
cut through the ice that we kind of enmesh ourselves in so that we can truly explore what we want to do. So it's, some, it's often incremental and in stages. Well, there's, there's no question. Sometimes you just need to try stuff. In fact, I've got uh, one story of uh, I worked with my former intern, Elizabeth Rebay, and I'll put her in interview on the, the, in the show notes. She was a closet creative. In other words, she took all our creativity and put it in a little box and sealed it up and put it underneath her bed. And I told her to just go out and do creative stuff. And she looked at me and she said, huh? I said, it's called um, chaos theory, right? If you randomly do things, you will more likely find something that you didn't know you'd like to do rather than trying to follow some order. Just try stuff. That's uh, something else. That's a really key point, Mark. And it's something that I emphasize in my book that you're not just going to sit on the couch and figure out what you want to do. Oftentimes, you have to take action, just like I did, actually, in writing my book and coming up with the topic. All of that crystallized once I took that action and joined that book writing program. Just sitting around, I probably would have done absolutely nothing. And sometimes you take that action and it doesn't work. So you take another action until you find what, what does work. Yeah, very often people are looking for that sign, the sign that, of what they should do next. And the answer is, and therefore they do nothing. And the real answer is just go do something. I couldn't agree with you more. And the last one I want to talk about is storytelling, which a lot of people really struggle with. So tell me about the storytelling piece. You need to be able to link what you want to become to what you were and tell it in a coherent fashion. We're all trained to understand stories. And where I think a lot of boomers, including myself from time to time, make the mistake is that we just present a series of facts that I was born here, I did this, I rose to this level. And it doesn't have an arc, it doesn't tell a story, it's not something that people can wrap their hands around. But if, if people want to understand what you're about, you need to show it and tell it as a story. Let me give you an example that I mentioned in my book of what a story is and what a fact is. And this is courtesy of the novelist E.F. Forrester. He mentions a fact is the king died and then the queen died. A story is the king died and then the queen died and the queen, and I'm sorry, the king died, and then the queen died of grief. And just adding that grief, you get a sense of a story. Without that, it's just some facts that don't mean very much. And in telling our story, we want to get people excited and quickly to understand what we're about. 
the other mistake that I think people make when they're reinventing themselves is that they don't link what they were with what they want to become. So somebody might have been a lawyer and now wants to do work for a nonprofit, but the lawyer doesn't tie in his legal work to the nonprofit. What the lawyer might say is that I've spent years helping people with legal issues and now I want to take that expertise and apply it to the nonprofit world and help them be as successful as many of my clients were. So you're linking what you were with what you are doing or want to do. And that makes something that's logical and easy to understand. Yeah, it's it's interesting. I run branding sessions within my uh, online community. And I recently had a woman who'd been a, in a, a disk drive engineer, mechanical engineer, and she's at a point in life where she wants to do social good. And I'm a natural storyteller. It's easy for me. And she's just going, I said, you need to tie what you used to do into what you want to do. So the people understand you. Why would a mechanical engineer want to get into food and healthy nutrition? And there were things in her past that when she did things directly for people, it made her feel good. One thing, first thing she did in her career was dealing with orthopedic knees or, you know, um, artificial limbs and getting them fitted properly. And she glowed when she talked about when people would come back and say, oh, that made a real difference in my life. And she wants to go back to that. And I will make a mention. I am listening. I'm just about to finish a book called Storyworthy by Matthew Dix. And I got that from Dave Jackson's School of Podcasting podcast, uh, that recommendation. And it's all about the art of storytelling. And that's something I think all of us, and I'll put, I'll put a link in the show notes, uh, because it's, um, I'm a really good storyteller, and I'm learning a bunch by listening to this book of how to tie to ideas together. We tend to use and when we want to this and then that and then this rather than saying this, therefore, or but, and using different conjunctions to tie things together and knowing how to get people hooked on your story. And sometimes that's leaving stuff out. Oh, that's so, that's such a great point. Right. And so learning, learning, it's an art that most of us can at least get decent at, but it takes work and it takes study. Yes. I, and I do think a lot of people add too much extraneous detail so that you're missing the gist of what, uh, what the story is about with all that detail. So I loved your point, Mark, about leaving things out. Well, it's, uh, it's kind of like when I was teaching high school math, I learned about writing standardized questions for exams. And there are these things called distractors. 
the most famous one is uh, the butcher is five feet, seven inches tall. What does he weigh? Well, he weighs meat. (laughs) The five foot, seven inches is a distractor. Uh, Yeah, that's good. I like that. And we can, we can do that in our storytelling. Mm -hmm. Give details that people don't need to know. Yes. Yeah. I'm going to have to steal that uh, butcher's story. I love that. (laughs) Yeah. Well, there's, (laughs) I have a lot of funny stories from my two years of teaching high school math. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. So if, if you, if there's one thing you want the reader to walk away with from reading your book, what might that be? I think that the biggest misconception people have about reinvention and rebranding is that it's binary, that it's either snap your fingers simple or it's unattainable. And what I found with my over 8,000 hours of research and writing my book is that it's somewhere in between. It's not simple but it definitely is possible and it's truly uh, transforming. And I share a story, which I just love in my book, about uh, George Costanza from Seinfeld fame. And George loses his job and he's thinking, hmm, what should I be? I love movies. Maybe I'll be a movie projectionist. And I love uh, eating. Maybe I'll be a chef. And obviously, that was the extreme case of people just thinking they can be anything in the world. And as we talked about, the reinvention has to be linked to what you were. You don't just become a fighter pilot or an Olympic swimmer, but you're going to be becoming something that draws on your past skills, what you love to do. and some of your unique values. But doing that, while it's not snap your fingers simple, done right, truly will transform you and ensure that you have a flourishing next act. That's why we call this career pivoting, is making incremental changes. Um, One of the things I've always said in all my career changes, every single one of them has been a half-step career change. And that is I had one foot in the old world, I had one foot in the new world, and there was always a relationship that took me across. That's probably why all your career changes were so successful, too, that you... Yeah, so it's it's a realization that you're not going to do it alone. And so suddenly, if I say I'm an an engineer and I want to go be a pastry chef, I'm not going to likely do that one step. Not if I have to maintain an income, at least. Right, exactly. Wendy, it's been great having you on the podcast. If someone wanted to reach out and touch you and, of course, buy your book, how might they do that? Mark, they can find me in two ways. One, if anybody wants to buy my book, it's called Thriving at 50 with the Plus Sign. Just type in that, Thriving at 50 with the Plus Sign on Amazon, and my book will pop up. And I hope you find it valuable. 
anybody wanting to reach me can go to my website, which is thriving at 50 plus also. But in this case, because you can't use the arithmetic plus sign, the plus is written out. So it's thriving at 50 plus plus.com. And you can find me there. And you can also feel free to email me at Wendy at thriving at 50 plus, again, plus.com. And I look forward to hearing from everybody. Well, Wendy, thank you for being on the Repurpose Your Career podcast. Mark, I just love talking with you. And thank you so much for having me. Hope you enjoyed that episode. Wendy's book is very practical and actionable, which if you listen to this podcast regularly, you know, I think this is critical for these types of self-help books. Feel free to connect with me on LinkedIn. Look for Career Pivot on Facebook and LinkedIn. You will find me on Twitter at Career Pivot. Thank you for listening all the way to the end of the Repurpose Your Career podcast. Come back next week when I interview Tammy Guler Loeb about networking in the post COVID 19 world. You will find all the show notes at careerpivot.com slash episode 181. Please hop over to careerpivot.com and subscribe to get updates on this podcast and all the other happenings at Career Pivot. You can also subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, Podbeam, Overcast, Spotify, and Pandora. I hope to see you next Monday for another episode of Repurpose Your Career Podcast. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com podcast. That's Indeed.com podcast. Terms and conditions apply.